0: All right. We're ready to talk about sleep (laughs) and play. I I think I had too much play and not enough sleep this weekend. Oh, well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to talk about my problems. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's get going. Welcome to Inching Towards Awesome, the podcast for transforming your life one tiny step at a time. I'm Melinda Fulmer. And I'm Alex Pham. Hey, thanks for joining us. Today's episode is about my favorite topic of all time, sleep, that precious precious commodity (laughs) that we can't seem to get enough of. At least I can't. Where did it all go? What is our lack of shut eye doing to us and how can we get it back? We're gonna have some tips for you later on. Good, because I, I could really use them. <laughs> <laughs> Less play, more sleep, Melinda. <laughs> okay. And in the second half, we'll update you on last podcast challenge, which is where we were supposed to find the fun and reconnect with some of the things that we used to enjoy as kids. Some really simple activities that we don't give ourselves permission to enjoy that much these days. Did we find the fun or were we too hopelessly mature to even let our hair down? You'll find out. First, let's talk about sleep, Um, a, a topic that's near and dear to both Alex and I And that (laughs) most of us are admittedly obsessed with, you know, there's sleep podcasts, there's sleep tips on every other email newsletter I'm getting. Um, According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, one out of three of us are not getting enough sleep on a regular basis. And I am one of those. So why are so many of us struggling to get a good night's sleep? I mean, if you talk to a neurologist or a sleep research scientist, they'll blame it on a couple of factors. So, you we're trying to squeeze a lot more into our days. So, we're very productive, we're juggling a lot more. That's one end of it. And the other end of it is electronics. I mean, we're so addicted to our screens, our from going from work to our computer screens to our phones where we're texting all night and our televisions for our Netflix binge. We're never away from that blue light. Right. And that messes with our sleep clock. And so that suppresses our melatonin and really screws up our ability to fall asleep and, and stay asleep. Yep. I, I totally get it. Um, so are you, do you have problems with that Alex? Uh I <laughs> it's episodic. <laughs> it's episodic. There there are weeks where I sleep like a baby. I sleep like 9 to 10 hours every night and it's awesome. And then I get, you know, I get uh, stretches where I wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning and I walk around like a zombie until 2.30. <laughs> and then that happens <laughs> night after night after night. And then I go into these, you know, I, I try to self-medicate with my uppers and downers, you know, my caffeine in the morning and my mm-hmm. melatonin at night. And it just it's just a bad cycle. But eventually I get back on my nine hours. Um, but yes, yeah, so I do suffer from sleep deprivation for from time to time, yeah, i I do too. I mean it, it, like you, I think it goes goes in waves of of periods where I sleep pretty well and then others where i'm I'm waking up in the middle of the night all the time so um, and I know it's bad. I know it's bad for us. you can feel your body not functioning as well as it should, uh, but Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit more about? just how bad it is for us? Well, you know, I think one of the best scientific explanations I've heard about why we need sleep in the first place, I think it was a mystery for a very, very long time about why we even need sleep. Because it didn't, you know, it doesn't seem like we're doing anything while we're sleeping. And it's not as if our muscles are needing that much time to recharge. It, it the, the theory, the latest thinking is that it has to do with um, our brains recharging, and the the special thing about our brain is that it has a blood-brain barrier. So there's a barrier that there's you know that we you know the way that our muscles um, recharge and regenerate and um, renew is through the blood system, the circulatory system. It takes out the wastes and um, it uh, repairs cells, but you know but our brains don't get the benefit of our circulation system so it has to rely on a different way to to renew and recharge and the analogy i heard about this is street cleaning so during the day you know the the streets our neural pathways are filled with all sorts of neurotransmitters lots of cars and pedestrians and trucks and so on filling our neural pathways as we do things and learn things and accomplish tasks and read and do all sorts of things. And at the end of the day, there, there's all this detritus um, that's floating around in our brains um, from the neurotransmissions of the day. And what, because we don't have a circulatory system to kind of, you know, clean that up, um, we need our sleep. And while we sleep, um, you know, it allows our brain to reabsorb all those neurotransmitters, put them away in their proper place and basically sweep the streets clean so that we're fresh and ready to go the next day. Um, yeah, yeah. And That's the, the glymphatic system, right? I think I've heard of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so if we don't get a chance to street, sweep the streets clean, there all, it interferes with all kinds of body processes because our, our brain, you know, regulates a lot of stuff that happens in our bodies. Um among among the um areas of research here at UCSD um is obesity. Um there's somebody here who's studying what happens if you restrict the uh number of hours that you eat um to certain times of the day and whether or not that res- that affects obesity because they're finding that if people eat close to when they're sleeping or they eat late at night. Um, it, uh, uh, the fat tends to accumulate around our organs and that leads to all sorts of problems. So lack of sleep, um, kind of interferes with our body's ability to process insulin, which is kind of similar to gestational diabetes. Um, right. It can, it can make you insulin resistant, um, uh, if you are not, um, it makes you more insulin resistant. Therefore, you're just not, you know, making and using energy efficiently, and you're producing, you know, all these hormones that make you crave carbohydrates and want to, you know, make other poor choices <laughs> yes. the next day after an all-nighter. <laughs> yep, and uh, those midnight or after midnight snacks. Not so good for you. But the good news about some of this research is that, you know, it's not like you need hours and hours of extra sleep. It's like just an extra 20 minutes of sleep per night seems to be associated with lower body mass index, according to, yeah, there was a great JAMA article, article. Good news. Yay. Good news. um, in the, uh, journal of American medical association, 2005. um, but it, lack of sleep also is associated with a number of other epidemics like accidents. Um, 20, one in five accidents involve a drowsy driver and with, you know, 30,000 fatalities every year in the U S from car accidents. That's a, that's a lot of people dying because of, you know, with um, lack of sleep contrib- as a contributing factor. Um, there, there's the AAA foundation, found that uh, drivers who sleep for only five or six hours in a 24 hour period are twice as likely to crash as drivers who get seven or more hours of sleep a night. So it's, and some people say that it's equivalent, the lack of sleep for over a 24 hour period is equivalent to having blood alcohol of 0.1 in your system, which is kind of like twice the legal limit. So it really impairs you. It also impairs your mood. Um, Studies have found that people with insomnia are 10 times more likely to have clinical depression, 17 times more likely to have clinical anxiety than people who sleep seven to nine hours of sleep per night. So it messes up a lot of things. Well, Alex, that brings up a fun fact. Are you ready for a, you know, I can't wait. This is a, this is a regular segment that Alex and I have because it's something you need to. No, no, you know, <laughs> I say, you know, a lot. And so there I'm, are things you have to know, no. you know, and this is <laughs> that, our, that our brain cells get this this factoid really freaked me out when I heard this a few weeks ago at a sleep presentation uh, that our brain cells during that whole street sweeping brain cleaning process that Alex talked about. Uh, whenever that happens, our brain cells shrink by 50 to 60% each night. You're kidding. Each night. Oh, my God. And we've we've <laughs> just got this little, I've got this image of, like, my brain, this shrunken, shriveled raisin of a thing in my head, and then, but it does go back to normal size. This is basically, it happens so that the fluid that Alex, is, Alex was talking about can circulate more easily and um so that's why <laughs> that's mind <when> we... blowing <laughs> <laughs> it is it is mind blowing and i'm I, i'm a little creeped out by it to be honest um but that that is uh that is why there's so much brain activity going on if you measure it when we're sleeping it's not it's part of that cleaning process that's going on and if you mess with that you know, then you're going to feel the effects the next day. You don't won't feel rested and restored. Um, will feel kind of foggy and yeah. And uh you know, you'll feel you'll feel bad because your brain didn't get its bath. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I always knew there was a good thing about baths. <laughs> you have a dirty brain and you just <laughs> And that's the problem. Go wash out your brain. It's dirty. It's dirty. Your you don't dirty, have good Dirty minds. <laughs> You're a dirty girl with bad sleep hygiene. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> so, so what what's the right way to get our sleep cycles back on track? You know there uh there's a lot of things that people try. Um and you know I think some of the biggest ones are supplements or sleep aids like melatonin and Ambien. Um have you tried those Alex? Yeah, I I've tried melatonin and uh it really puts me on a you know a head trip. Um and Ambien uh it it's it my mother um had Ambien for a while and it makes her sleepwalk and I since found out that it makes a lot of people sleepwalk. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Scary. No. Uh, yeah. It makes you, it, because it makes you a zombie. That's <laughs> basically <laughs> it's what true. it does. And, uh, and yeah, I know my, uh, I've taken it my husband has taken it at different periods of time and it really knocks you out, but it's, um, it's, you know, it's a short-term fix, but it's both things, they say, are things that you shouldn't do for the long term. They're not healthy in the long term. Uh, Ambient, for instance, messes with your sleep cycle, and so you're not getting that kind of REM sleep or deep sleep that you need to feel restored. It's not going through all five stages of the sleep cycle. You're oh. just kind of cutting it short so that may be why you feel groggy the next day Um, because your brain couldn't do its janitorial work (laughs) (laughs) it's all about cleanliness and order (laughs) so you so yes it's all about cleanliness in our brain i you know i really hate that that word um sleep those words sleep hygiene (laughs) it makes you feel bad like you're you're just you're just a dirty, unorganized brain person. If you're, if you're not getting a good night's sleep, or you're not, um, if you're checking your phone at night. But well, ninety percent of people eighteen to twenty nine supposedly go to bed with their phones. <laughs> yes, and we'll talk about that. Well, yeah, that we'll talk about a little bit more about that. That is a, that is not a good thing. Although I use my phone as my I don't go to bed with it. I don't put it under my pillow, but I do use it as my alarm clock. And hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I have a white noise machine on mine, uh-huh. um, which I find to be an effective snore stopper. <laughs> Not my own. <laughs> oh, I heard somebody. Uh, I read somewhere if you if you snore, they, somebody recommends that you sew a pocket to put a tennis ball. In your pajamas, on the back of your uh, of your pajamas, so that it discourages you discourages you from sleeping on your back and snoring. Uh, wow, i never heard that one before. That I mean, do you know anyone I who does that? Have, I, <laughs> I think you have to have a spouse that's willing to do that. Um, you know, unfortunately, my husband snores on his back and on his side, so oh. <laughs> there's some there's some real. Uh, there's, there's a real system in place for me to actually get sleep, ah. so, but, but let's dig in there. We'll, we'll start with Alex. Alex, what are some of the things that the tips you have for getting better sleep? What have you done that, that has helped that, um, yeah, know, others might benefit from? Right. So, um, Dan and I are, are, Totally type A personalities with completion complexes. So one of the things that keep both of us awake at night are those things that we have to do. You know, I mean, we're, we, we have, we have nightmares about spreadsheets and train schedules. That's how bad it is. Um, you know, we literally dream about spreadsheets. So, (laughs) sad I know How TMI sad. TMI you, you, do you still, we're all learning a lot about you Alex do you still want to be my friend I will still be your friend <laughs> it is so sad so one of the things that I do is that you know I at the end of the, my work day I write down all the things that I have to get done so that it's there and then I pick one thing that I will do the next day that will you know it's sort of like um that string in your, uh, in that loose string in your sweater, you pull it and then the rest of the sweater unravels. So it's just that leader Mm -hmm. bit of, of yarn. And so my first Mm -hmm. task is always that leader bit of yarn that if I start that, then everything else will flow. Right. So that's how I, Mm -hmm. I build my to-do list and then I put it down in paper form and then I leave it. And then if I start thinking about all those things I have to do, I just tell myself that, Hey, it's all written down. No worries. You can get to it tomorrow. So that's one thing I do. Um, Uh And another thing I do is I try to go to bed at at that same time every, every night, even on weekends, because our bodies have, you know, they like our bodies love rhythm. So uh, it, it, you know, it likes to do things at the same time every day so we we have a circadian rhythm that's built into our bodies. Each organ has its own circadian rhythm. You know, there's research that says that uh, chemotherapy is better done in the late afternoon because the stomach lining is better prepared for it in the late afternoon. Um, so mm-hmm. everything in our bodies has a circadian rhythm. So sleep is no different. And um, if you fall asleep at a certain time every day, then you get those regular cycles of sleep that you need and that allows you to be able to wake up at a certain time every day and feel refreshed. And one of the reasons why we don't feel refreshed when we wake up, even if we do get seven or eight hours, is that we fall asleep at different times. And, but we need to wake up at seven o'clock in order to get to work at eight but at seven o'clock, if you fall asleep at different times, sometimes you might be awake in the middle of a REM cycle, in which case it throws your entire day off. Or, you know, you can get lucky and it, you know, you wake up at seven o'clock and it's right in between your sleep cycles and it's perfect. Um, right. So right. that's a that's those are my two tricks for um, getting a good night's sleep. Well, I think that the the especially the one about having a regular a regular bedtime and sticking to that is important for you know as you said keeping that circadian establishing and maintaining that that your your body's clock its circadian rhythm and you know also limiting things that mess with that you know that's greatly influenced by that rhythm is greatly influenced by our exposure to light and darkness and so mm-hmm. you know one Thing that uh you can do is make sure that you're getting enough light in the morning so you feel alert you know getting walking outside getting some to kind of make yourself wake up and then it, towards the end of the day you really need to be limiting your exposure to light especially blue light from the tablets and the smartphones and the tvs uh, because those interfere with your ability to produce melatonin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, you know, they talk about setting up a sleep cave in your bedroom, um, which sounds a lot like the man cave to me. <laughs> I don't know, but that's a different thing. But, um, you know, you have to set the conditions for sleep. And it, one thing, that I do is kind of block all of the LED lights on my monitor, on my computer, on any USB chargers, my, you know, any lights on my computer. I want to make it as dark as possible mm-hmm. in my sleep cave. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and an hour and a half, uh, they say an hour and a half before you go to bed, you should, really start winding down and weaning yourself off the blue light. I mean, ideally we'd all be like reading a book before we go to bed. And sometimes I do, but mm-hmm. other times I'm really into some show I'm watching <laughs> or I'm emailing somebody. Right. And so that's, that's not a good thing. One quick thing you can do that I've done recently, and I'm waiting to see if this makes a big difference is I put my phone a night shift mode. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Or twilight mode if you have Android. But mm-hmm. uh those things can and dimming the lights in your room. I in my uh, living room when I'm watching TV, I turn off one of my lamps. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a twilight mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that sort of thing. So that's and oh, and I also wear a sleeping mask at night. I'm oh. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> just because i really want to you know reinforce that total darkness oh yeah um yeah uh, yeah when you live you if you live in a city there's just so much ambient light that we don't even notice but there is a lot of light um at night so i totally get it i totally get do you add a little few drops of lavender oil to do a little aromatherapy too I do occasionally like nice. if I feel particularly stressed out, yeah, and I also when I'm feeling particularly stressed out or amped up, I take if they say if you raise your body temperature a couple of hours before bedtime, then it it helps you to fall it, relax and fall fall asleep, so mm. I'll take a bath, mm-hmm. maybe put some epsom salts, or mm-hmm. I'll take some afterwards take some magnesium, which is a supplement, a mineral oh. that. Many of us are deficient in, and I find it helps me sleep a little more deeply. But you can get it through just taking a bath with Epsom salts. It's also good to help your muscles relax and helps with muscle soreness, which is always a thing that can help you Oh, uh, fall asleep. So I do that. Interesting. And if I'm still amped up, I know I like your brain dump that you do, the keep writing down your to-do list mm-hmm. so you don't have it going in your brain. Yeah. I I sometimes do mental math or counting uh-huh. in my brain when I can't shut off the list making. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I might, I think uh, Dr. Andrew Wilde uh, does this thing where he says you breathe in for four, you hold for seven, and you breathe out for eight. And so you're so busy doing all of this counting. Mm-hmm. That you can't concentrate on anything else and you <laughs> are supposed to be able to go to sleep in like a minute or two. Oh, and I like that. Oh, that's Most great. of the time it helps. It helps me or I count backwards from 100 by three or something where <laughs> my mind can't go to any other place but that place. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we're so, tra- we're trying, you're already trying some different sleep hacks. I am because I need them so badly. Ah, <laughs> okay. So what? What are? What should we do? You know, we always have a challenge. Alex, what? What do you think you'd like to try to? You know, make your sleep besides more, getting, more regular. Besides shuttling my kid off to college. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That probably helps. Um, I kid. I think I'm going to do a meditation like a a 1 minute meditation in bed lying horizontally um and it, it's uh I got the idea from uh you know it's it's the equivalent of you know fake it until you, fake it till you make it because um you know if you fake the breathing patterns of sleep long enough <laughs> then hopefully you'll make it <laughs> yeah right (laughs) so you know i'm just gonna give it's it's this is this is inching so i'm just gonna say 60, 60 seconds it could go on longer but you know i'm just gonna tell myself give it a minute so i'm gonna lie there and do some breathing exercise and visualize um i was thinking about what image would be calming and you know expand you know mind expanding but not um not too uh, invigorating. So, one of my favorite hmm. um, memories is of a trip that I had to Iceland, where uh, we had stayed at a bed and breakfast. It was it was literally oh. a cottage in the middle of nowhere, Iceland. Oh. Yes. And then at night, um, at night, I I went out and I saw it was you know nice and brisk in the air. It's super clean, of course, and it's so. Crystalline clear, the sky was just unbelievable, and there was uh, mm. aurora borealis. So I, I caught a glimpse of the greenish aurora borealis, and I just remembered standing there, and you know, turning on the mental recorder, video recorder in my brain, and saying, <laughs> "I need to capture this moment so that I can, you know, come back to it later on." And I think that's probably the vision I'm going to try to invoke. Um, During those 60 seconds, because it's, you know, you just see the 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 uh, expanse of the galaxy before you with the Milky Way and and how um, life is just so much, you know, existence is so much broader than your to do lists or whatever else might be troubling you at the time. Well, that's great. If you can hold on to that, I think that's lovely. I mean, I have such a hard time holding on to those, you know, those beautiful visions, because then I will have like, a to do like <laughs> walk through that vision. So, <laughs> did you pack your luggage? There'll, there'll be like a, a science fair project that, like you know, that walks through the uh, the the Aurora Borealis. So, <laughs> you are a better woman than I am. I I. I I didn't say it would <laughs> succeed. I just said I would try it. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Okay. I, I can't wait to hear how that, yeah. how, how that goes. And what about you? Okay. All right. I think I am still playing with the blue light equation at my house. Uh, uh, a lot of things get shifted until after the kids go to bed. And so I'm trying to... Kind of move back towards that just reading a book and not having electronics at night. But I think something I could do would, would be to not use my phone or look at my phone for the last hour and a half hmm. before I sleep and just put it back on the charger in the bedroom where I use it as uh, as an alarm clock and and just keep it back there for the last hour and a half and just see if that makes any difference. I mean, one thing at a time, I really should cut down on my binge-watching mm-hmm. and other things, but I'm really not going to bed that late, mm-hmm. so it's not a question of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a question of just dimming the lights and putting away the phone, and and when I'm sleepy... Getting up and going to bed, not powering through for oh. another episode uh-huh. of uh-huh. what I'm watching. So that's gonna be my challenge. So yeah. we'll you know, see how we do next Ooh, week. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um yeah, I have a I, I have a lot of questions about that, which I'll say for next week. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> Now, we're in the second half of our podcast, um, where we talk about what we did last time, our fun challenge. Woo-hoo! And, woo-hoo! and each of us tried something to do something that we enjoyed as a kid. Um, and uh, let's see, for for me, uh, it was building sandcastles. And for Melinda, it was skating. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, it was skating. It Yay! was skating. It was, yeah. So how did it go? It, uh, it was great. It was great, actually. I mean, uh, let me give you a little background is that I loved skating as a kid, especially in that awkward middle school time when my parents would drop us off at the skating rink on a saturday afternoon for a couple of hours and we would meet up with friends and listen to blondie and <laughs> <laughs> check out cute boys and um you know skate you know skate around and just listen to music and get a little bit of exercise and so i have some really fond memories of that and so i would i said i'm going to do that again there and in fact there's a roller rink pretty close to our house here, Moonlight Roller Rink that is a time capsule from the 80s. Oh nice. It's it's a complete time capsule. You I feel like I've never left middle school. <laughs> I'm just as awkward as I was in middle school, but (laughs) except all the cute boys were like my, you know, were like middle schoolers, and I'm I'm in my forties. Oh no! Um, (laughs) Hey, I was the oldest person there. I think the oldest person doing the skating. Uh. I will say that, and I should have felt weird about that, but I didn't. I you know I didn't let it get to me. I went out there Mm -hmm. and. I was a little unsure of myself. I've only skated a handful of times since my, those middle school years. And so I, it came right back to me. I was enjoying it. My sons were there, but they were doing their own things. They had friends and they were trying to stay as far away from me as possible. (laughs) frankly. That Um, flailing middle-aged woman over there, not my mother. Not my mom. Well, I was only (laughs) flailing at first. And then I will have to say that I started getting better and better. Uh I I practiced my, I could do the little circular turn. I could even, I even perfected my backward skate. Oh my God. Oh, wow. I was, I felt like, you know, pretty soon i was ready for backwards couple skate unfortunately <laughs> there was no one there for me to skate with oh um, but it, what was so cute is this this little 8 year old girl came up to me and she said how do you do that Aww. how do you do that turn Aww. and so it was a nice opportunity i got to teach her how to do a little circular turn Aww. and then uh this other person who I think works at the rink or is just an amazing skater. She's like 23 or mm. 22. She was giving me tips on backward skating. Nice. And then we were both helping the little eight-year-old girl. Aww. And so it was really sweet. And that Aww. wouldn't have happened uh if I did not try it again. So I'm it's not something I will do all the time, but uh-huh. It was it was a really uh it was a really sweet mm-hmm. thing and it was really good exercise. I was completely pouring sweat and listening to all the Devo and Blondie and all of the, <laughs> the old music and I'm sure my sons were totally embarrassed by me. <laughs> well, good for you. I love, I love that. Him. I love that. That's great. I love that. What about you, Alex? Now tell me about your sandcastle building. Oh, it was it was actually a lot of fun, and I did it with my niece, um, my husband Dan, and Felix, my son. And uh, it was we we did a sandcastle building uh, session with a professional sandcastle builder. For it was Ooh. a three hour session, and he taught us to make this ginormous Disneyland like sandcastle. And with the turrets and the, uh, mm. yeah, and it, it was, uh, you know, the drawbridges and everything. It was really quite elaborate. Wow. Um, and he definitely knew what he was doing. And there's definitely a technique to it that I did not know about. I grew up in, uh, in Hawaii, and uh, I remember entering a sandcastle building competition, and I had no idea what I was doing. So... <laughs> So there's like nine-year-old me just lumping sand together and hoping it'll stick and everything falls apart. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, fast forward uh, four decades later, and I figured out why. <laughs> why it wasn't working so well. <laughs> yeah, well, there's definitely a technique to it. There's definitely a technique mm. to it. And um, uh, and what I found out was that every each one of us who went – I mean we we had the same experience obviously but each one of us had fun but we defined fun in different ways so hmm. I you know I talked to everybody afterwards did you have fun why did you, what do you think was fun about it and I and I thought it was really fun because I learned something I learned why my crappy sandcastle didn't work when I was, you know, <laughs> nine years old. And I learned how to make awesome sandcastles. And that, to me, learning something new was totally fun. And, yeah. more. Um, yeah. Dan thought it was fun because um, he got to create something really odd. <laughs> um <laughs> It there was a yeah, there was a part of it where you could free, you know, free hand to your sandcastle and you know each mm-hmm. one of us made like little structures, you know, very typical. But Dan made a dog's head, um, which was completely ah, unpredictable. Cool. It was like nobody could have done and he's he really is quite creative. Um and for him that was a lot of fun. Um you know, creating to the artistic side, the creative side of it. Exactly. Is, is... Yeah and uh Felix in the beginning did not have fun he had a <laughs> terrible time and that and I learned something about that too because he was he felt he wasn't good at something for him it was about mastery mm. and he felt like he was awkward and ignorant and and uh that he was bad at it so he was not having a good time learning something new for him fun came much much later after he got the hang of it and he found something that he was good at or he lo- and and for him doing that one thing that he was good at over and over again was fun so finding oh, yeah. and doing that thing that you're good at for him that was fun and i think for my niece i didn't ask her like directly but i kind of we talked about it a little bit and my my conclusion mm-hmm. from that was that she found it fun because you know there there was this huge thing afterwards that you could look at so creating something from nothing, um this, this, this gigantic uh three and a half foot sand castle for her was really fun. And the process mm. of of the process of making it was also really fun to her. So for her it's the process and then having that thing at the end that you could point to saying, Hey, I made that for her. That was really fun. So yeah. for me, um, the experience was awesome, but I also learned that, you know, people kind of define fun in very different ways. Um, sure. And f- sure. Yeah. And for me, I found another the thing that makes it fun for me is learning so. I think that's I think that's true of a lot of people. I mean, I, I that's that to your point. That was part of the reason I was enjoying myself so much skating because I was relearning something. I was <laughs> practicing a skill, um, and you know, enjoying mu- good music at the same time and getting some exercise, which you know I love. So yeah, you know, it's a it's a good thing. But so, do you think this will prompt you to? try to try your hand at some of those other things that you enjoyed as a as a kid any of those simple things that you don't always give yourself permission to do yeah i probably will uh it's just a matter of figuring out what those things are and then carving out the time to do that and you just really have to consciously schedule it as an adult it just it it you rarely have the opportunity to be spontaneous about these kind of things when you're young mm-hmm. These things just tend to happen all the time, you know, because you're mm-hmm. basically everything is new, so you're constantly learning. For one thing, when you're young, but older, older folks, we we have to consciously make time and space for it to happen. It just doesn't happen yeah. on its own. Yes, I mean, I think it it sounds really bad, but to our point on the last uh, the last podcast, you really almost have to have a list. Uh, you have to spend an afternoon thinking about. Things you'd like to try again, and anytime you're you're stuck or you have a free moment in time, take a look at the list. You mm-hmm. can use that for date nights too. Mm-hmm. We always get stumped for date night, and I said we really should keep a list of all the things we'd really like to do if we get a few hours to ourselves. That's a so, great idea. That's because we always so, default to the dinner and movie thing, right? Yes, yes. Which is you know, it's is great once in a while but Mm -hmm. the other the other times you want to try some new things learn something new take a class or just go somewhere you haven't been so yep i think uh you're right we could all schedule a little more fun yay yay (laughs) so that was that was it that's it on fun that's it on fun. That's enough fun here. <laughs> Moving right along. Now, that's enough fun. And, you know, I think... I think you're true, having way too much fun. You're having way too much fun. And next week, we're going to talk about how to get more greens in your diet. And I'm not joking. It really is that we really are going to talk about how to get more greens in your diet. How to How to find ways to... Uh, you know, to cultivate your your taste for a, a much wider array of vegetables and how to sneak them in in ways you you might not have thought, like uh, maybe I'll even share my recipe for microwave kale doritos. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds good uh yeah yeah and you mean like the answer fry it and put salt on it is is not going to be the answer (laughs) we're going to try to keep away from the just deep fry everything on this next podcast because that's too easy (laughs) yeah i i I think you could deep fry just about anything and and i would eat it um but that's not healthy so we're we're not gonna do that so we'll we'll have some tips for you on how to how to get more greens ah okay yay okay Yay. yay so as always we'd love to hear from you What's your favorite veggie hack? And if you have topics you'd like for us to address in a future podcast, drop us a line on Twitter, where we are inching the number two, awesome, or on Facebook, where we are inching towards, with the letter S, awesome, as well as Instagram, same thing, inching towards awesome. And tell us about your veggie hacks and any other tips that you'd like to pass on. Great and you know what they say oh god just cut this oh god i'm sorry i totally blew this so you're not getting enough sleep (laughs) i'm definitely not getting enough sleep until next time go small or go home thanks everybody for joining us bye